Welcome to the MacArthur Memorial Podcast. Located in Norfolk, Virginia, the MacArthur Memorial is a museum and research center dedicated to the life and legacy of General of the Army Douglas MacArthur. The memorial is also dedicated to preserving and presenting the story of the millions of men and women who served with General MacArthur. Each month, the staff of the memorial will use this podcast to explore topics relating to General MacArthur and his times. There's a photo of the United States Military Academy, class of 1903, taken the day they were admitted as plebes in June 1899. Dressed in civilian clothes, sporting bowler hats and dapper suits, only two of the 160 souls in the photo wear smiles. The rest have looks of seriousness and apprehension as to what awaited them. Douglas MacArthur sits in the upper left of the photo, a look of confidence upon his face and a white Stetson hat set at a rakish tilt on his head. Years later, when classmates would remark on their first impression of MacArthur, they all recalled the white hat and the tall, erect boy of 19. The son of a Medal of Honor-wearing general, young Douglas MacArthur had but one purpose in mind when he arrived at West Point in June of 1899, to be the best cadet the United States Military Academy had ever seen. One can imagine that many of those boys in that picture of 1899 had the same thoughts. None of the plebes in the photo knew exactly what awaited them. We, however, know what happened to all of them. Their careers have all taken their course, and their lives lived to completion. Not one of them is left on this earth. There were 160 boys that posed for that picture. Only 93 of them will graduate four years later. Six weeks at Beast Barracks and summer encampment learning more about hazing than soldiering weeded out some of the plebes. The majority who didn't make it found the rigors of four years of cadet life just too intense. Studies were paramount, and at best the workload could be described as bearable. A cadet was under the microscope 24 hours a day, and only a rare breed could accustom themselves to the discipline needed to be a West Point cadet. Douglas MacArthur lived up to his dream, and today is considered one of the finest cadets the Academy has ever seen. Graduating number one in his class with the rank of First Captain, Corps of Cadets, MacArthur began a career that saw him rise to be one of the youngest brigadier generals in the First World War, the youngest superintendent of West Point in 1919, the youngest U.S. Army Chief of Staff in 1930, Commander-in-Chief Southwest Pacific Area in the Second World War, Supreme Commander of the Allied Powers in Japan, and Commander-in-Chief United Nations Forces during the Korean War. Of his classmates, MacArthur had the longest career and earned the most honors and decorations, but his service was no more dedicated than his classmates. It is a wonder to stare at the group photo of the plebes of 1899, now that we know the full account of their exploits in the course of their lives. Ferdinand Williams, the first of the class to die, was killed in a pistol range accident in 1906. Thomas Selfridge entered the Pioneer Aviation Corps after graduation, and in an early flight with Orville Wright, became the first person ever to die in a plane crash. Not the first military man, but the first person ever. Ephraim Graham and John Carter Montgomery rode with the U.S. Olympic equestrian team in the 1912 Stockholm Games. Campbell Hodges went on to be Commandant of Cadets at West Point and President of Louisiana State University after his retirement. Ulysses S. Grant III, one of MacArthur's academic rivals at West Point, became the Director of Public Buildings and Parks in Washington, D.C. Marion Howes outlived all of his classmates and died in 1978, ten days short of his 99th birthday.
Many went on to become university professors, administrators of business, and influential persons in American society, but it was as soldiers that they were trained by their country. After Secretary of War Root handed out commissions on 11 June 1903, the class of 1903 was called upon many times in service and defense of the United States. Four members of the class of 1903 had even served their country prior to attending West Point. MacArthur's roommate Charles Severson, along with Grayson Mallett, Prevost Murphy, Francis Hinkle, and Roland Broughton were all Spanish-American war veterans who received their appointments to West Point while serving in the armed forces. After graduation, six members of the class immediately embarked for the Philippines to help in the suppression of the Moro Uprising on Mindanao and Jolo Islands. Six more classmates took part in the Cuban pacification of 1906-1908. Three, including Douglas MacArthur, saw action in the Veracruz expedition of 1914. Ten served under John J. Pershing in the Mexican punitive expedition of 1917. It was in the First World War, however, that the class of 03 served in large numbers. During the First World War, over half of the class played a role in the American expeditionary force that went to France. MacArthur's record as the Chief of Staff of the 42nd Rainbow Division and 84th Brigade Commander is well known. Many other classmates also served with distinction. James Shannon paid the ultimate price and was mortally wounded commanding the 112th Infantry Regiment in the Meuse-Argonne Campaign in late 1918. His daughter would write MacArthur in the 1950s, commenting on how her father wrote letters of admiration for his classmate Douglas MacArthur. Emile Larson and Vincent Gallagher also died with their units in France. Robert Boyers, the quarterback of the 1901 and 1902 West Point football teams, served in France with the 3rd Division and received the wounds that he would eventually be discharged for. Two graduates served in the Second World War, and both were on the island of Corregidor during the Japanese onslaught on the Philippines in 1941-1942. One, General Douglas MacArthur, was removed to the safety of Australia under orders from President Roosevelt. The other, 1901-1902 West Point fullback Paul Bunker, remained on the island and was surrendered with Lieutenant General Jonathan Wainwright's command in May 1942. It was Bunker who had the sad duty of hauling down and destroying the colors prior to surrender. He saved a piece of it and it is now on display in the West Point Museum. Colonel Paul Bunker died in a Japanese prison camp on the island of Formosa, 16 March 1943. His diary became a best-selling book, Paul Bunker's War. Only one member of the class of 1903 had a career that lasted through the Korean War. Douglas MacArthur was aged 70-71 when he commanded the United Nations forces in Korea. With his relief by Harry Truman in April of 1951, service as soldiers ended for West Point's graduates of 1903. The final tally shows that the class of 1903 was highly decorated for its service. Four distinguished service crosses were awarded, and three of them went to Douglas MacArthur. 27 Distinguished Service Medals were awarded, five of them to MacArthur. Ten Silver Stars, seven of them went to MacArthur. Four Purple Hearts were awarded, and two of those went to MacArthur as well. Six Legion of Merit Medals were also awarded to class members. In addition, one Medal of Honor, one Bronze Star, one Air Medal, one Distinguished Flying Cross, and one Navy Distinguished Service Medal were awarded, all to Douglas MacArthur. MacArthur may have stood out amongst his classmates, but during his life, it was to his classmates that he turned for support and friendship. Throughout the Second World War, the occupation of Japan, and the Korean War, he received letters addressed, Dear Douglas. 
They came from dozens of old classmates who often signed the letters using Old West Point nicknames such as Scraggy and Toby or Dad. In 1952, MacArthur wrote a letter to Dorsey Rodney and remarked, As time goes by, I find my affection centered more and more upon the boys who formed the class of 1903. Bonds forged by those who share common hardship, like war or the curriculum at West Point, are not easily broken. When MacArthur said in his famous Duty on Our Country speech of 12 May 1962, I want you to know that when I cross the river, my last conscious thoughts will be of the Corps and the Corps. And the core, Douglas MacArthur meant it. It was probably the same sentiment felt by most of the boys in that picture from 1899. Thank you for listening. We look forward to continuing this dialogue with you. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to contact Amanda Williams at amanda.williams@norfolk.gov. at norfolk.gov.